The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. What's up, everybody? Welcome to welcome to the Fix Up Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host. It is, I think it's going to be Wednesday, January 5th. There's a chance, which it's Tuesday, January 4th, depending on when this gets released. But either way, two things you got to know. One, happy birthday to my mother-in-law, Sherry Avant, a.k.a. Shishi. And also to Brady Quinn Football Show. Pew, 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 pew. But happy birthday, more importantly, too. Is it Shishi? Is that what you're saying? That's her grandmother name, yeah. Shishi. Oh, she, she. that's sweet. Uh, you know who else had a birthday this week? Who? Robbie Brinson. <gasps> Turned eight. What do you guys do? What did you do for an eighth birthday? Like, what's cool to do then? Uh, we're having a trampoline park birthday party. And like, yeah. Party. Yeah, it'd be fun. And, um, Nice. A lot of people indoors in the winter, you know? Well, there's that. And there's the fact that like back when I was young, you know, we used to go to someone's house without a trampoline, but then you realize like, it's actually pretty dangerous. Like people are falling off those all the time, like breaking their arms and stuff. So if you go to a trampoline park, kind of takes away a lot of the liability involved with that. And in fact, and there's also a waiver when you walk in. So Exactly. Which again, takes with liability. One of the things I started noticing though, people were burying their trampolines. So they dig like a hole and whatever like the depth needed to be. And then putting, so instead of like walking and climbing up to the trampoline, instead of like the surrounding nets, they would like bury it down. And so you could jump and all this stuff, but like you couldn't fall off because it was at ground level, which is kind of odd. Hmm. That is it. That is odd. I mean, it would be kind of cool. Like, cause so we had a, you know, I grew up on a farm in High Point, North Carolina, and we had um, a trampoline out there that was there. In fact, my dad used to take me around when we were younger to go look at places. He, he wanted to, he wanted to move to a farm and we would always walk around these like empty dirt plots for several hours when I was like eight or nine. I was like, I mean, please dad. I mean like, not like it's the hardest thing in the world, but it's just, you know, as a young kid, you're just bored to tears. He's like, you know, visioning like, Oh, here's where we'll put the bar. And I'm like, dad, please just, just drown me in a river real quick. Um, but, uh, we finally get out to the house. We were going to move in the house or the, the farm and the house was built there. And there's a trampoline, and I'll, you know, I'm, yeah, I'm like, sold, you know, <laughs> like, sold. Uh, but uh, I'm picturing that being buried in the ground, and how often you could accidentally just sort of walk over it and start bouncing and, and scare the crap out of yourself. We used to take our trampoline because we had one when I was young. We used to put it underneath our basketball hoop. So imagine like a ten foot hoop. You push the trampoline underneath, and then you're just bouncing around playing basketball, which. And we had a glass back, but it was a nice hoop. And, like, that was really dangerous. Like, I remember, and we'd, like, play one-on-one, like, on a trampoline underneath that hoop. People would end up falling or jumping off all the time. They'd end up jumping into the rib or the hoop in general. I mean, it was probably one of the worst ideas we ever had, even though it was a lot of fun. And fortunately, no one got seriously hurt. Like, just what a terrible idea that was. Yeah. It, it, was, um, it was one of those things, too, where, like, my dad was always worried when people, you know, friends would come over like be careful you know because if you know 
people people now people are really litigious like i'm terrified if robbie's friends come over you know you know some you know your kids are running around playing something happens they break an arm and it's usually all of a sudden you're just getting sued uh fortunately my father is an attorney so he was aware of the litigious stuff which which is also why i am curious about uh legal things like trademark and patent. you like that segue yeah that was pretty good huh um like like uh trademark and patent office i i told brady before the show that i've been spending uh several hours of my day combing through the patent and trademark office trying to discern what the next name for the washington football team will be you were under the impression it was just red wolves <laughs> there's this whole build up they showed like the drawings the red wolf is from southeastern southeastern portion of the united states like it all made sense and then i guess you're telling me like oh they can't because they'll be on the trademark and all that like I, i'm thinking in my head like you went as far as to have professional sketches done and yet you're not going to go with that just because you couldn't pay someone else <laughs> off no, it? no it's amazing it's like it's like wait a minute let me get this straight every fan wants to be the red wolves you love the red wolves you think red wolves is a great idea you, as Brady points out, had somebody draw up a bunch of Red Wolf stuff. And then you got, then you got to like, you were like, oh, you know what? We can't do, we can't give somebody $15,000 for this URL to drop a trademark. Like, you're, you're a freaking NFL team. Buy the name. You make millions a year. Like, oh, yes, hundreds of millions. Franchise is worth a billion. Like, I'm pretty sure. Take out a loan for it if you need to. Like, this is part of your legacy moving forward. And I'm like, how does that make any sense? So if you were, if you were the owner, let's see, let's find out what this guy's name is real quick. Who, Dan Schneider? No, 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 no. Uh, By the way, some people refer to him as Danny Schneider, as my uncle who worked in private equity in DC um, used to refer to him as. Do you know what I think is funny? And I'm, this is probably, I'm probably an idiot for thinking this is funny too, but uh the, do you know what Dan Snyder's? Do you know what Dan Snyder's uh, company, his corporation, or his LLC, or maybe I think it's an S corp. But um, do you know what, the team that owns the Washington Football Team and formerly the Washington Arskins? Do you know what the name of his company is? I, I forget the name. I've looked it up before. What is it? Pro Football Inc. <laughs> right. It's so simple. It's, but it's a great. It's a great. Like all these. If you look at all these older teams and these owners, they just. It's like. Like Jerry Richardson Sports Incorporated, you know, and like pro football. Didn't overthink it, you know. Yeah, nowadays we're like we overthink it. I know. Nowadays it would be like Washington Football Team, and like you know, yeah, they would do something. It'd be something like ridiculous. So Washington Red Wolves LLC. It's been it's been it's been trademarked before and abandoned. Um, <laughs> it looks like. That somebody I'm trying to figure out exactly who you know I don't get, and maybe you could you could ask your father since he's an attorney. And you also you should I, have you told everyone you were a certified paralegal at some point? Yeah, I think I mentioned it on the podcast. Okay, well let's just make sure we get that back out there. You have some legal background. Former, former, could, former. Could you do could you do a, like a DBA like a doing business as? So like, do you really need to change the actual filing for it? And could you just could it be the Washington football team doing business as whatever the new mascot is? Probably. I would, I would, I would, uh, yeah, but for the trademark purposes, you need to find. So there's somebody, and I can't remember the guy's name, but over the last year and a half, he has basically trademarked 
He was like a squatter on like anyone who did anything. He would just buy up their, their website domain, right? Like it was that guy. Yeah, basically. So what my question to you is what if you're, let's say you're uh, Steve Steverson of 815 North Patrick Street, Alexandria, Virginia, and you have copyrighted, you have trademarked Washington Red Wolves. $5 million is my minimum is where it starts. Okay. That's, that's doing, from there, not down. I go up from there. Listen, this is how I negotiate, Danny. Yeah. Old strategy. You don't want to buy by like like. And here's what I want, by the way. It's it's five millions where we start. Meaning, I need lifetime tickets. I need all these things that come along with it because I know this is your legacy moving forward. I mean, think about it. Like so your so your strategy when you're like five million dollars and Dan Snyder's like, I'll give you one million. You're like six million. Ten. <laughs> yeah. Ten <million. laughs> Price just doubled, B.I. <laughs> yeah, that's how that works. Like, you don't want to – I'm trying to be nice. He's in ticket packages now. $10 million in two. He's like, uh, what? He's like, uh, fine, uh, $2 million. You're like, 50, no, $20 million. Yeah. It doubles every time you count. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you want to see an aggressive negotiation. They're like, wait, uh, okay, $30 million. We're just going to do it for 30 We'll pay $30 million. We're worried about this going up any further at this point. I just completely turn around on them. When when you go from five to ten, it blows their mind. They're like, "What? what? You go the other way around? Yeah, it keeps going up." I mean, you could literally do that with SUVs right now, considering how scarce they are. Like, you walk into a parking lot, you're like, "Hey, uh, I want to buy that Tahoe." They're like, "Oh, okay, it's seventy four thousand dollars." Well, I saw it somewhere else. It was seventy five thousand dollars. Like, okay, fine, fine. Just take this. Okay, what happened? Yeah, I know. It's so <laughs> like, they have whole leverage. Uh, it's like our, the one thing somehow America can't make enough SUVs. By the way, did you uh, speaking of SUVs and um, the Washington Suburbans, the Washington Tahoes? I got. Yeah. Oh, that's not a bad one. I've got to tell you, there's a couple. So I've I've like done a, and it also interesting. Escalades. Uh, I'd be kind uh, of big. the trade. <laughs> that's not bad. The trademark office also only uh, processes registrations of new uh, trademarks on Tuesdays, which is kind of weird. So, but you can, so basically I've been going through and like checking every, you know, checking these dates oh, on Tuesdays. They're kind of like the music industry, you know, like they only release it so often. It's one day a week. You get the new music Friday, Tuesday, whatever the hell it is. New movies on Friday, right? Music. Yeah, or like movies. Movies used to be that way, right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, so any, anyway, like, but there's a couple of times I've opened up like, you know, it, it'll, it'll put up like a hundred, you know, like 50 to a hundred, you know, sometimes it's five, 10, sometimes it's 50, like depending on the search parameters, there's a couple names where I saw it and I was like, Oh my God, that's just stupid enough. They might've done that. And Which then you one? Like, name them. Well, uh, actually Invictus was one that I thought I'd stumbled into like the Washington Invictus. That's What's that weird. mean? It's something army related. And what's crazy about this, these patent and, and trademark stuff is like, you'll run into like, like Pikachu just got like cleared for a trademark in like 2021 of uh, October. It's very bizarre. Some of the stuff you went into. And there's a bunch of like really weird trademarks out there. Like sex intelligence. Well, like, yeah. I mean, who doesn't want to have sex intelligence? I mean, it sounds very exciting. It's an intersection of like uh, it's a combination of intelligence and sex. And so maybe you're just really smart about sex or really, I don't know. You're like so intelligent. You're like creating sex with your intelligence. I don't know. I know it's, it's like uh, it, I think it is um, artificial intelligence. 
for uh, artificial intelligence. Sex bots? Like, Wait, what are you talking about? Sex bots, yeah. Sex bots, basically. That's basically what we're talking about. Yeah, that's what we're talking about. It's the intersection. There was a news story the other day where there was a kid, it was a 10-year-old girl who was asking Alexa, and she said, she said something along the lines of like something daring or, or something. And she and literally Alexa told her to stick a coin in electrical socket. That was the advice that they actually, I mean, AI is already trying to kill us off. Will. Yeah. Oh yeah. AI is trying to kill us off. I ran into Alexa on there too. I can't think of all the good ones, but I was, I was, I'm, I'm a, I just, I really just want to like stumble into it because they've done a good job hiding it. And they've said that they're going to use subterfuge to surprise people. Um, what do you think the name will be? Do you have any guesses? I don't know. I think Red Wolves. I don't why, why disappoint? You've already disappointed everyone enough for the season. Right. It's gonna be something stupid. Oh, ouch. Oh pie down hard. You get that for the, you get the Kevin Harlan dunk for that. Um, okay. <laughs> I don't know what the hell we're supposed to be doing here. I mean, honestly though, can we go back to the fact that like what, what is Washington doing? Like what, what are they doing? I mean, they were going to go into the season with Fitzpatrick as their quarterback anyway. Like, that was the plan? Yes, that was the plan. And so, like, what? I mean, they've gotten to the point now with the way the organization has been run. And I love Ron Rivera. I think he's a good coach. But and there's good people that they brought on. It's just it's still this, you know, runs downhill from the top. And there's nothing you can do about that. Well, and look at, look at this with the, the naming thing, right? Do you think that it is a coincidence that on – and we're recording this on Tuesday – that on the Tuesday after a stanchion at the world at the world's crappiest football stadium fell through with like 10, 15 fans on it, nearly taking out Jalen Hurts' ankle and ending his season and breaking his like his if he's three feet to the left, his leg is shattered. Um, and then reportedly, the people who fell, the Eagles fans who fell, were told to quote get the f off the field instead of being asked if they need medical attention. Um, do you think it's a coincidence that, like, on Tuesday, the Washington's like, you know what? We've got a new team name. It's coming in February. Yay, us. Woo. Like, they are so stupid with how they do this stuff. They did this, something like this earlier in the season. Oh, they like, they threw John Gruden under the bus to hide everything else. Like, yeah, this is their magic trick. Everybody was, everybody was asking about the Gruden emails and Daniel Snyder and the Washington investigation. They were like, and we're honoring Sean Taylor tomorrow. And it's like, wait, what? Like, what? And they're like, we just, we, we didn't think about, uh, you know, we didn't think about what we were going to, you know, letting fans know about Sean Taylor. It's like, was, you know. Was that the week Jackson Holmes like danced on the memorial for Sean Taylor? Yes. And they had Sean Taylor's family uh, posing in front of the Sean Taylor street. And then behind them was a bunch of porta potties. And it's like, what, what, what are we doing here? Like, you're well, so- I was the photographer for that one, but, you know, that's a better angle. Just don't put the porta potties by the Sean Taylor sign, you know. Well, I mean that's one thing, but you can't control the porta potty company. I mean, look, they're just looking for a good place to plop it down and take a deuce. So I wouldn't blame them. I blame the photographer. Like, figure it out, you know. Let's let's let's, let's make it look good. Like, but you but you get the. I mean, you get it's it's it all runs down from the top, is what you're saying. And, yes, and- I mean, much like earlier in the season where there was those fluids that were coming from a pipe. Somewhere at, at what a FedEx field, I believe is what's still there. Seeking water, it's fine. It's not. It's no. not human waste. I, I had this debate with Lavar Arrington and Jonas Knox, who we do a radio show with, and Lavar obviously played there, and you know, and great, it was RFK then. But it's I, I kind of said, there's no way that's sewage because what architect would run like sewage lines over top of where people would potentially be? 
But now come to think of it, given what comes out with Dan Schneider and the Washington football team, yes, it probably was sewage pipes. They probably hired some architect. It was like, yeah, this is the most efficient way to get this poop out of here. Yeah. We're going to run it right over these luxury suites. And if anything bad happens, well, I don't know. It shouldn't, but we won't worry about that. Now, listen, Dan, I know you want to save $10,000. I can do that for you, but it is going to run the risk of human feces dripping onto your paying customers at some point in the next 15, 20 years. Yeah. It's like, yeah, run it, baby. A solution. We'll put some poopery in all the suites next to the So at least it'll smell good when it's coming through. You know, we'll make sure they're all sprayed with poopery. I love that we're just, it's, we live in a society now where we're very casual about having scented sprays designed to mask the smell of poop. Like, you know, used to, used to be, you know, you just, just had to deal with poop smells. I mean, you gotta think that's one of like our greatest advancements. Cause like back in the day, that was like, it's like how you'd hunt things. That's like how you track things. That's like how you mark territory. Like now it's like, no, 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 we're trying to cover it up. We don't know anyone to know we've been here. All right. That's how simple we are. The man who smells like poop. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I was watching Always Sunny. You, you watch Always Sunny in Philadelphia? Of course. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, watching- you're, you're one of the characters on there. You know, Char- ah! Ah! <laughs> I was watching Always Sunny. And it's the one, I think it was like during the, the you know, the, the bathroom thing that was happening in society. And, and they're, you know, they're trying to figure out how to, out of but Charlie's talking about, he's like, I mean, look, we all have to admit everyone is ashamed of pooping. It's a shameful act. Um, I, this, this I, I can't remember which stadiums. I think it was college. I don't think it was NFL, but some of them like didn't have doors. So they had like dividers between the sides, but no doors across the front. Right. So if you want to go do it. Like you're just taking a deuce. You want to take a newspaper in there and cover up in some way, but that was about it. Hello, sir. Yeah. I mean, it's sort of like the trough. I mean, does Notre Dame have troughs? Not, not, not as far as urinals, no. But you know what they do? And I don't know if they still do because I haven't been in forever. The village course where they play the Memorial Tournament on the PGA oh, Tour, shit. off of one of the greens, I swear to God, there is a trough. And I'm like, this is one of the – like, it's not a major, but it's a top ten, I think, purse. Is it? Is it like – it's not like just a trough like out there. No, it's like, just a trough across. Like, like you can easily rip that out, throw it in a barn, and feed horses out of it. It is just one long open trough. And I've always been like, but there's, like a fence around it, right? there's a fence around it or something like that. Like, no, 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 no. like it, it's inside of okay. the bathroom. But I'm saying there's just a trough when you get in there. Like, you know, you know where it definitely still has that, right? Cameron Indoor Stadium, all troughs. It's just, it's, it's, I mean, is that a plumbing issue? Like, what, what, what's going on there? I mean, yeah, is it like a nostalgia thing? Like, we'll just give rid of the trough. <laughs> we wouldn't redo the place, but we don't want to give it a trough. They're pretty nostalgic. Uh, I like how guys' watches, you know, these, in the bathroom. These troughs have been pissed in by royalty kids. We yeah. can't get rid of these. Uh, it's a nice watch you got there, sir. All right. So, yeah, that's, uh, that's the first half of the podcast where we talked about uh, urinary, urinary troughs, the shame of pooping. Uh, and, and searching shame. shame 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 you know what i never realized too is when you have kids like i it's, i've got three little girls that's hard to get away to be able to do that and like where they're not going to chase daddy or try to find daddy correct, correct. Like if i disappear it, i mean it's had to expedite the entire process and then the older you get like the more you realize where i took dad so long to take a dump when you were young because you're like he just wanted to get away from you for a little bit, you know? He just wanted some peace of his own. And then now it's like it's impossible to even find more than five minutes at most. 
and and the thing is like you can be you can like go upstairs and you know you're you're basically like hiding out like you're not you know not using the main bathroom because your you know kids down there and then all of a sudden you're here like boom, 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 boom. Boom, 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 and you're like, oh god, here he comes! And then all of a sudden, it's just door bust open. He's like, "Fix my iPad!" I'm like, "Can you see that I am having a personal moment here?" Yeah. On, please get the bleep out of here. Yeah. Uh, okay, let's take a break, and we come back. <laughs> Actually, you know, we'll talk about the Browns. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers. I used to go as a kid, wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe. The Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. So Baker Mayfield and the Cleveland Browns, your Cleveland Browns, Brady Quinn, uh, kind of you know, pooped the bed on, uh, on Monday Night Football. In fact, uh, oh, for those people who are probably wondering, and maybe tw- I haven't even checked my Twitter mentions, but um, Debo was out of town and got caught in this like, weird-ass random snowstorm that came shooting across Tennessee, Virginia, and North Carolina. Lost power where he was. That's why we didn't have a preview or a recap for Monday Night Football. So we'll talk about that a little bit here. The Steelers and Browns. Steelers kept the playoff hopes alive. Is Baker Mayfield done in Cleveland? I don't think he's done by any means. And they picked up his fifth-year option. Yeah. Um, I, I don't – you know, I think – I, I guess the better question is, I mean, what do you do with Baker Mayfield? Because I don't know that there's a number where – Baker, like, let's say, they- I think you let it here. I think you let it, you let it play itself out. If you believe that you either need to see more, because remember, Stefanski hasn't been with him his entire time. Sure. So, you know, maybe he wants to see him recover from the surgery on his non throwing shoulder and see what that looks like. And by the way, like, see what this offense looks like. We saw a portion of it last year without OBJ, but then what it looks like just a clean slate moving forward with what they have. Because I honestly believe they have maybe one of the best rosters, like top three roster in the NFL. Yeah. When you really break it down, when they're healthy, defensively, offensively, everything. There's not many holes. Like I'm listening to Greasy and uh, Lewis Riddick talk about, oh, the defense is banged up. I'm like, what? What? I'm like, they're missing what? Uh, Ronnie Harrison. There's a couple of players. I'm like, who cares? They can match up. They have a thousand quarterbacks who are like first round, second round picks. Like they'll be fine. 
But, but the, the truth of the matter is they have to make that decision now because it's fully guaranteed now. So they, they, they own that part of his contract. He, he's back in 2022 no matter what. 100%. Well, he's, yeah, he's under contract. They picked up the option. It's fully guaranteed now. That's not the question. The question becomes like, can they upgrade? You know, could they get a Deshaun Watson? Could they get someone else who they believe is better than him? And then that's how he wouldn't be there. I, like, I think he's better than any of the prospects in the draft. He's going to be their best option, I think, as a veteran quarterback, because I don't think a Rodgers or Wilson or Watson will want to go there, even though it's one of the best rosters. It's just the reality of the situation. So I think if we're being honest with ourselves, you know, Kevin Stefanski needs to take a hard look in the mirror because offensively, whatever you want to say were the mishaps, you can't put it all on Baker. Their offensive line was banged up. The protection wasn't always there. They missed some of their start. You know, Nick Chubb was out for a while. Hunt didn't even play this most recent game. The offense, like, you know, wasn't flowing when OBJ was there. It's hard to get it going once he's gone. And, trying to fill that void. So there's, there's a lot of, and it sounds like excuses, but the reality is they're all reasons for what happened this year. So I, I kind of sit there and just say to myself, okay, let's play this out. Let's see what this next year looks like uh, in order to, to reevaluate. But if you could get it to Sean Watson, like, yeah, you go after and you go get it. If you're anywhere within the front office for the Browns and you're not asking yourself, can we get better at every single position and let's go out and make those moves then you're not doing your job. So, you know, I, I think he's – I don't think he's done in Cleveland by any means. I think he gets his shoulder cleaned up. He'll come back next year, and he'll have a much better year. I mean, if if history tells us anything, right, great rookie year, bad sophomore year, great third year, down this past year, back up again for this fifth year. So I, I think that'll be a portion of it. But I think Kevin Stefanski lost a little bit of his luster too oh, yeah. for the play calling this year. Uh, I mean, the okay, specifically – Monday night against the Steelers, it felt like Kevin Stefanski was trying to get Baker Mayfield like, <laughs> like forced him to take a pay cut by like just playing. Like murdered? I mean, first off, how do you leave a fourth round rookie one on one that many times with TJ Watt? It just that blew my mind. Like you, you may have given TJ Watt defensive player of the year. He should thank Kevin Stefanski for like that. Should be the first person he thanks. Like, well, no. First person he thanks is Ben Roethlisberger because if Ben Roethlisberger didn't redo his deal, there won't be enough space for TJ Watt to do his deal, and who knows if he'd be a stealer. So first Ben, then Stefanski, then God, then his brother, and then the rest of, and then his dad for having great genetics because you know. Multiple I mean, it's got to be great genetics. By the way, does he does TJ Watt get the record? Yeah, I think so. You think he gets it? You think he gets the record? He's one, right? No, he's one away. Yeah, yeah, I think he gets it. I think he gets a sack in Week 18. Okay. I, I mean, I, I think it's like the one thing I'm probably trying to prevent. But here's the other thing you have to ask yourself. So <laughs> That's what Baltimore's worried about. Is, I think Baltimore's worried about winning the game. Yeah, well, yeah, we can say that all we want. They haven't won, what, four weeks now, whatever it's been. Yeah. But here, here's, here's the thing about that question, though. So this will be his 15th game this season, even though – they're playing 17 games this year. Like, I kind of look at it and think it's even more of like a wow. Oh, yeah. Even though you see some players that will say, I think you need to differentiate between the 16, 17 game regular season records, like a Cooper Cup, who I believe said that this past week. I kind of look at it and go, no, it's more impressive. Like, I know they're playing a 17th game, but this will only be his 15th game this season. Like, he's actually done it in less games than normal. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, And, and like, Strahan's record was fraudulent in the first place because Brett Favre fell down for him. 
So, you know, I see. I see it it was kind of weird, like how that worked out. Yeah, I do remember that. Yeah, very weird. Yeah, I, want, I hope TJ Watt breaks it just so we can. And look, all these 16 game records are going to be broken. Just everybody has to get used to it. It does, it does stink because it's hard to compare across eras, you know. But well, think about it. I mean, teams are passing more. So inevitably, you're going to get these edge rushes now, especially with, you know, sports science and all that, playing longer, breaking those records with the way they're able to rush and teams are throwing more. So, you know, theoretically, they, they should come down. You know, at least that Well, and we had 12 and 14 game seasons, and sacks weren't even a thing to like 84. So, you know, I mean, 86, 87. Well, think about that. Like, they weren't even an official stat until then because, well, we ran the football so much. There wasn't like enough teams throwing the football besides. What did, but what did they even, was it called a sack back then? It had to have been, right? Like, it's like, I mean, you know, like what, what did announcers, I'm trying to think what announcers said when. I think it was always called a sack. I'm not quite sure. I wasn't alive then, but yeah. Isn't it weird that, it's like these big dudes are just blasting these quarterbacks. It's like another sack for Richard Dent. And like nobody thought to keep, to keep track of it. It's so, so stupid. I mean, I, again, I think it just, they didn't throw the football enough where I guess it Maybe. stood out, but I mean, it should. Uh, I mean, okay. I don't know, Faust did the football a ton back then with old, you know, Don Coriel. Yeah. Uh, so back to Baker really quickly. I, I, I thought that they, did a, I thought Baker did the really smart thing coming into this season. It turned out it was not the smart thing, but he said, I'm not, I don't want to negotiate the contract. You know, we're not, there's not a middle ground here where I won't look like a fool, you know, for taking too little money and where the Browns won't feel mad about it for, for giving me too much. And they're still in the same spot. Like if they gave him, like if you're Baker Mayfield, you can't take less money than Carson Wentz, right? I mean, that's the hard thing is, you could say no, but the reality is, like, how does this play out? He just plays it until he gets to free agency. I mean, he pushes that envelope because the hard thing he's going to run into is you're getting other quarterbacks who are on rosters that like want to move out to some of those quarterback needy teams, and some of those other quarterback needy teams would rather just go to the draft than him. And so, like, the thing with Cousins was is he happened to find like that one team. Yeah. I mean, I guess he had two, right? Because was it the Jets was yeah. in it? That was. Yeah. I mean, the Jets were looking at him, and so are the Vikings. You only have to find two teams to create a market, right? Yep. That's the hard thing is, like, what he times us out, what he would potentially at free agency, it's, it would be after next year. Well, how does that 2023 class look? Like, Bryce Young will be a part of it. All I know right now is he won a Heisman in his first season starting, and he looks pretty darn good. There's some other quarterbacks. Caleb Williams, I believe, would be draft eligible. There. I mean, you start going down the list of guys, you're like, wait a second. That, that actually might be a, not be a good time to come out or be a free agent. So it, it's all hard. I mean, he eventually has to come to a point where he does the deal that he feels comfortable with, regardless of outside optics. And if it resets the market or is even competitive at some point, because I don't know that Cleveland's going to give him that contract considering the other quarterbacks that are kind of a, around him right now, even within that division with like the way Joe Burrow is playing right now. Oh, yeah. And the other thing too, or two other factors actually, um, you know, Baker is, he's, he came out, he was older when he came out. So he's a uh, 26, he will turn 27 this off season in April. I mean, that's, you know, I mean, that's not old, old, but I mean, that's older for a quarterback who you're giving, you know, a second contract to. And maybe the most important thing, and I talked about this ad nauseum in last off season. If you look at a Kevin, Kevin Stefanski's offense and go back and look at, uh, you know, I bring up Kirk Cousins all the time with his statistics. Here, Kirk Cousins, since he got to Minnesota, 606 passing attempts, 444 passing attempts, 516 passing attempts, and 539 passing attempts. See if you can guess which one is Kevin Stefanski. And then you look at Baker, 
It was 444, obviously. Baker had 486 last year, a, a really good season, like the best, you know, huge bounce back season. 4,886 completions, 3,563 passing yards, you know, only completed 63% of his passes. But like, he's, my point is, he's not going to get the volume in this offense to warrant being able to say, give me $40 million a year. And so it's kind of a catch 22 there for him. Yeah, I think in part, though, they realize their best players, Nick Chubb, they're, Next best players are their offensive linemen, probably if we're being real about it. I mean, Joel Batonio up front. Um, you could throw in Wills into that conversation. Conklin when he's healthy. I mean, their their best players are what's in front of them and what's behind them. And so, I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. And I think that's where Stefanski makes it, you know, a proper fit for all of it. But and look, Baker's very much capable. I, here's the hard thing: is like I've separated. I've got a piece of cartilage missing my left shoulder, but it's it's my non-throwing shoulder. I never got it scoped. I never got it worked on. I've had a posterior labrum tear in my throwing shoulder. Now that was something that, like, when you get sh- when you get surgery on your throwing shoulder, it's a big recovery, especially for a posterior labrum tear. I just got that thing injected and rehabbed it the best I could because I was never in a position in my career where I could just say, "Take time, just the off season off." Done. Yeah, right. And and, and the, like and, and now he is, but granted, it's also his non throwing shoulder, so it's not as prohibitive for when he comes back from rehab with all that. Right. Right. So the, the hard thing is, is like how much of that did it really factor into his motion, his accuracy and all that? I, I don't know because, you know, when you look at the tape, sometimes there's some things you see from fundamentally how he throws the football that in college weren't an issue. Cause he had clean pockets. He had guys wide open and he was really accurate with the football. And then at times you saw that in the NFL, but not consistently enough. So that's the hard thing is understanding like, is he to a point now where we've kind of seen the best or is he going to be able to keep kind of climbing and improving? And did the injuries really pull him back this season? That's the hard question. That I think Cleveland has to answer. And it's a question that's almost impossible to answer. All right. Very, we'll, we'll do this real quickly. Just since, you know, like the Monday night game, not a, uh, not a scorcher 26, 14 uh, Pittsburgh wins. They moved to eight, seven to one. The Browns moved to fall to seven to nine. They were eliminated from the playoffs on Sunday. I can't, somebody lost and they were eliminated. I can't maybe it's the Colts lost or something like Raiders won and they were eliminated. Maybe it, it doesn't matter. Uh, they were eliminated. What I want to ask you about is big Ben's. If you thought big Ben's retirement, non-retirement retirement, like parade around the field and the way that it was handled by the broadcast was weird. Cause I thought it was weird as hell. I mean, the fact this all came out in the past week, and then essentially, like it's it's over. Like this is it. I mean, he can't come back now. Can't, like, he can't, he, can't he, Brady? <laughs> he's gonna come back and play for another team. We've seen other guys do it, but like after this, I mean, after everything else, he never. I mean, he never said. Like I don't. I didn't get whether no reporter. I just wanted one reporter just to ask him, "Are you retiring after this season? Like, quit deferring to this guy and ask him to." friggin question like just get an answer from him thank you all right i've been hard on the media for like this entire season for a litany of reasons but thank you for holding the media accountable not asking follow-up questions for the love of god there's been so many instances the aaron Rodgers conversation we had immunized it's like what does that mean explain to us like follow up with the question he said yeah things are pointing that direction hey ben is, is this it or not like like just give us a yes or no answer like or no, Ben, because you just ran around the field a couple times with a bunch of photographers. Is it you don't want to quit and you know Pittsburgh's going to force you out or you're really done playing football? Just tell us yes or no. We need an answer right now because you can't. And like ESPN was, you know, 
I said this is how it's going to happen, too. Like, the whole lead-up to everything, they're going to be like, oh, you know, Big Ben's final home game. That's what sources are saying. It's like, really? Sources are Ben? Like, I mean, ugh. It just drove me nuts. And people said I was crazy for, for driving me nuts. I couldn't stand the whole – I mean, I'm happy for Ben. It's a cool moment. Don't get me wrong. No, he's had a, he's had a Hall of Fame career. He's a he's – a, he's a, he, oh. he deserves that moment. But I don't like it being treated as – maybe Ben's last home game. And then it was sort of openly treated as his last home game. So this leads me to think that he's told ESPN and people behind the scenes before the game that is his last home game. He's done after this season. He could say like every season or whatever he said for the past five years, he's going to take some time to reevaluate. A lot of players do that. Um, Heck, I mean, nowadays the NFL PA is advising players to start thinking about that in the off season. It's one of the reasons why they fought for more time in the CBA, as far as limiting their time in the offseason to allow players to finish school or do internships and look at all that stuff. Like they are trying to push players to do that. So I understand all of that. It led me to believe that this is indeed it. And, and I think there's a lot of things that you know you can point to throughout his career. I'll never forget the the throw in the pass of San Antonio Holmes, the Super Bowl. It's arguably, in my opinion, one of the greatest plays ever in, in Super Bowl history. I mean, the catch itself. The throw itself went through like three or four Cardinals defenders to get there. I mean, the whole thing was amazing. Yeah. Um, I, I I love the way he played. I think he epitomized what a Pittsburgh Steeler is, like the uh, the fan base and how tough he was and it being backyard football at times. Like early in his career, like he would just shrug guys off and heave it downfield, and you'd find Santonio Holmes or Heinz Ward or Mike Wallace or Emmanuel Sanders or Antonio Brown. Some would be running around down there and they'd be able to create those big plays. So it's just, he had a, he had a legendary career. It's not often you see guys play one place for 18 years. He was able to do that. Uh, I, I don't know that even if he wants to go play somewhere else, that they'd have it, it. right? Like it's kind of feels like Eli Manning where like they're at a point with their level of play that you kind of wonder why push it unless it's really in your heart. But I just, I, I don't think there's, there's any need for it. Um, I think he's already proven enough so far that he's a first ballot Hall of Famer. Go join the media, Ben. Be like Brady Quinn. I think actually, I think he'd be great. I think he'd be really funny. He's got a sense of humor, and I I think I think CBS would hire him in a heartbeat. That'd be my guess. Absolutely. Um, All right, you got to go. I got to go. Brady Quinn, another great uh, Brady Quinn football show in the books. Thanks as always, my friend. We'll talk to you soon. Hoopery. See ya. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.